Local Government Minister Simeon Brown is confident that local councils will be capable of developing financially sustainable or stable plans for water infrastructure. This after the government announced yesterday that the Three Waters legislation will be repealed by the end of next week. Simeon Brown joins us now. Kia ora. Good morning, Minister. Good morning. Are you confident that an area like uh, the west coast of the South Island, we just spoke to the Bulamir this morning, he's extremely worried because even if he joins with other councils in the region, he doesn't believe that they can be any better off and they've got a huge shortfall when it comes to water infrastructure. What do they do? Well, yes, I am confident that councils across the country will be able to form uh, financially sustainable approaches to water. This is what many councils um, campaign for, it's what they, uh, and that's what we're delivering. Uh, we expect councils to be putting forward their plans around financial sustainability. Uh, we expect them to be working with other councils um, in their region or across regions um, to be able to get that. Uh, well, let me, let me pick you up there, because he says... That if it's just the West Coast councils, it's not going to make any difference. They've got massive shortfalls. It's going to mean big rate increases for water for their residents. He wants well, to join with Canterbury, but Canterbury doesn't necessarily have to or potentially might not join with them. Well, what will you well, do about that? Those are the conversations that we expect councils to be having as they put to put forward their plans for financial sustainability. We expect councils will be looking and talking across regions as they set up these plans over the next um, 12 months. And, and that, that could well be part of those conversations. Okay. But just be, the I point what... here is to be able to set up set a financially sustainable plan. In many cases, that will lead to a council-controlled organisation, which is separate from uh, from the council. That will be able to leverage mm. the, the revenues and borrow more to be able to invest... I understand all that. I want to come back to this issue to clarify this, because this is a really important example. If the West Coast councils want to join with Canterbury, because they've got a much bigger rating base... But Canterbury says, no, we don't want to. What would you do in that instance? Would you ask well, Canterbury well, to, to take them on board? Do they have to? Well, we're expecting councils to be putting forward their plans to be financially sustainable. Those conversations will be led by councils in the first instance. Um, we, will, we will have a regulatory backstop, but ultimately this is about giving councils the ability to own and operate their own water infrastructure. That's what many councils... Yes, uh, and Canterbury will operate it in in its interests, wouldn't want to join with those West Coast councils, and West Coast is in a bind where it needs to. And I'm just curious, what do you do in that instance? Well, we'll be firstly looking to see what is their plans around financial sustainability. Uh, We'll be be then looking at those plans. There will be regulatory backstops if there is uh, inability or councils don't put forward those plans. But at the end of the day, the first instance here is for councils to be putting forward their plans rather than government coming in, spending billions of dollars, setting up mega co-governed entities like the last government did. Yeah, I'm not asking that um, question, though. I'm asking about the, 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 the West Coast council. council say they've already done a bit of work on this. They did it prior to Three Waters, and they looked at it, and it doesn't make them any better off if they merge. They want to merge with Canterbury. That's what he said this morning. And those are conversations we'd encourage them to be having. Sure, but if Canterbury has to operate in the interests well, of its ratepayers, why would it do stage. that? That's a hypothetical at this stage. We are saying councils need to be putting forward their plans around financial sustainability. Uh, we'll be looking at those plans, but ultimately we, we want councils to be leading those conversations to set up the financially sustainable approach to water. Okay. There will be a number of ways that that can happen, um, and th- whether that's setting up a council-controlled organisation, um, being able to get its debt off balance sheet, being able to get long-term borrowings against its revenues, those are the type of tools that we're going to be enabling and we expect council to be putting forward those plans. Mm. If they put forward a plan which is not satisfactory, if 
the, the West Coast says Canterbury doesn't want a bar of them, and the West Coast puts a plan together and it's not going to be good enough or it, it's just, there's a shortfall, it's too much burden for ratepayers, are you saying that that's when the regulatory option st- is comes into play and what, you would put commissioners in? Well, the first step is to actually get councils to put forward their plans around how they're going to be financially sustainable. We're then providing the legislative tools to enable them to set up um, these uh, cross-regional uh, um, entities uh, in, in order to be able to have long-term funding and financing options around how they make those investments. If a council doesn't put forward a plan, uh, yes, there'll be some backstops. Uh, yes, as I, as I outlined yesterday, we're working through the options around what those will look like. We'll commissioner? A commissioner? Throughout the year. Well, I mean, there are already, plan- there are already um, a range of tools within the Local Government uh, Act in terms of step-in powers for, for government. We're working through what those options are. I'm not going to say what, because we're still working through that particular part of the policy. But we will have a regulatory backstop um, to be able to get in where those councils are unable or unwilling to um, put forward those plans. OK. Water metres. Is it your expectation that all councils will move to water metres? Well, we're not going to be mandating it, but I mean, in terms of many of our cities um, and particularly large towns, it makes a lot of sense. Firstly, you uh, you reduce leakage significantly, and secondly, you're able to have a much more user-pays approach to uh, water consumption, and that then allows for ring fencing of revenues, uh, which is able to then support those uh, those new entities. It works in Auckland works in other parts of New Zealand. We think it's a sensible approach, but ultimately that'll be part of the conversations councils when you have it with You kind of need them all to do yeah. it, really, don't you? Because otherwise you get the situation which is in Wellington, where you, you may have a council which is providing the money to the council control organisation on behalf of a bunch of councils, doesn't provide enough money. Or maybe well, they think they yeah. are, and you think yeah, they're well, the not. Situation, the situation in Wellington with Wellington Water is it doesn't have ring fence revenue. Uh, the revenue goes to the councils. The councils then have to give money on an annual basis to this entity. It's not a proper CCO. It effectively is a, a delivery agency. Actually, it's not a CCO with ring, its own ring-fenced revenue with revenue sufficiency, which causes all sorts of problems. So we expect the, the councils in Wellington to be working together to actually uh, create a, a proper CCO, which is able to have its own sure, ring fence. but that's not revenue. my... My question is what happens if there's a dispute as to whether or not a council is providing enough money if it's handing well, over enough money coming, to that CCO? Well, well, I mean, if it's a CCO, uh, the, like, for example, Watercare in Auckland, uh, Auckland Council doesn't pay out a cheque to Watercare. It, the revenues come from users, uh, and the users pay that money directly to Watercare, and they have their own revenue stream. Yes, but that's what I mean. You need metres everywhere, otherwise you run into that situation of disputes well, well, over whether I mean, other, other the right amount is paid over. If they, don't want, if they didn't want to use water metres, um, some councils have a, a dedicated um, water uh, bill per rate uh, payer um, that, that simply is then transferred across to that uh, water entity or the water component of the council. So um, those councils will need to make those decisions, but uh, I, I'm a very strong believer in water metres. I think they make a lot of sense. Um, it means that you can reduce leakage and you can also ensure that you have that revenue uh, linked to the, the debt. But ultimately, there are other, other ways that can happen. But I, see, I think in many cases, the answer will be water metres. Yes, but that's still, that's still got the problem. If, you're setting, if you choose not to use metres and you set a bill, a, water, a dedicated water bill, who determines what that amount is and whether it's enough? Well, that'll be set by the, the, the council-controlled organisation. They, they'll be the ones who are in charge of setting those those costs based on 
um, how much borrowings, uh, what their investment plans are, what their asset management plan is, um, to ensure that they're able to... So local councillors would not have a say on that? Uh, Well, if they set up a CCO, no, that'll be be set by the the council-controlled organisation. Okay. What do you envisage any instances where the government will have to step in and help some council areas? Uh, obviously, Auckland's been talked about as a special case here, but again, with these smaller rating-based councils, uh, Tararua District, for example, or the West Coast, where you might have to step in and help them. Well, in the, in the first instance, um, yes, we are working with Auckland Council around what legislative options they need uh, because they are a significant size and, and their ability to get balance sheet separation is uh, more challenging. Uh, so we're working, we're working that through at the moment with Auckland Council. But in the first instance, we want councils to be putting forward their proposals around how they're going to be financially sustainable. The point around our policy is to say, actually, this uh, water infrastructure is a local government responsibility. We want you to have financial sustainable sustainability. We want you to be investing in the long term. We want you to show us your plans, uh, and then we'll be going through that process over the next 12 months. Okay. Labor said did the costings with its proposal with three waters. It says that it was promising of somewhere between two thousand seven hundred and five thousand four hundred per year in savings by twenty fifty four. What are the costings for yours? Well, that, I mean, we, we'll be put, asking councils to be putting forward their financially sustainable approaches to water. We're providing them the tools around how. No, they I understand can that, but have you, can you answer that question? Have you done any costings, similar costings, on what yours is likely well, to depend, be? I mean, the costings the costings depend on what the uh, infrastructure investment is proposed um, over the long term. I note I mean, there's different um, estimates around what that investment might look like, but ultimately, what we're saying here is we're wanting councils to be putting forward their plans around financial sustainability. Um, ultimately, um, by being able to have um, greater access to long-term borrowings, they're able to reduce that cost in, to consumers. Sure. And, and can you that guarantee that it will be savings equivalent or more than what Labor was promising? Well, I think this will be uh, the most efficient way to deliver water infrastructure because it will ensure that councils have that access to long-term borrowings uh, and being able to make those investments over the long term. Yeah, the point that, was that, Labor's, Labor's policy very... also was about long-term borrowings as well. That, that's not the question. It, it, does well, it provide well, the same well, savings? Well, well we're not going to... I'm pretty sure we're going to be achieving the, uh, the, the what's required to get those long-term infrastructure investments. Uh, we're also going to ensure that councils have access to that, that the ability to borrow. Um, and we're not going to be spending a billion dollars setting up 10 mega entity co-governed bureaucracies like the last government. So this is going to be a lot cheaper because we're not going to be spending billions of dollars on these co-governed mega bureaucracies. Well, no, I've got to wrap it up, but I'm just going to question you on that because that's a one-off cost. What we're talking about here is about over $100 billion over 30 years, and you're saying, what, that $1 is going to make it all cheaper? Well, we're going to be ensuring that councils have the ability to have uh, the long the access to long term funding and financing to be able to make those investments in their own water infrastructure they will be in leading those the delivery of those plans and we're confident uh, that this will be cheaper than labor's thank you very much for your time I appreciate that this morning that is the minister the local government minister Simeon Brown